Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jason Tuma, CPA and partner at Sikich LLP, on how the manufacturing industry is handling the pandemic. While Jason said many of his clients have figured out the best way to safely work during COVID, they're still encountering struggles and roadblocks. We discussed the Sikich Industry Pulse Survey on manufacturing and distribution, how the manufacturing industry is handling vaccines, some of the biggest pain points for the industry, and much more. Here's what Jason had to say about the state of manufacturing today. Yeah, it definitely was one of the harder hit. Um, you know, back when the pandemic started, um, you know, the stay-at-home orders and and uh, shelter-in-place came through. But but really, that's a tough thing for manufacturers to do. I think in the service industry, you know, we're all able to to work from home and 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 deal with the remote uh, situation a lot easier. But manufacturers, they need to be at their machines. They need to be uh, in the plant, and so it was. It was a really tough hurdle for them to, uh, you know, how do we keep our people safe, but also get uh, get the goods uh, manufactured and, and out the door. So it was a huge challenge. I think uh, for the most part, they they all did a nice job of, um, you know, coming up with with procedures and precautions to make sure that they're keeping their people safe and giving them a safe environment to to work. So then you had that, um, and then the PPP loan. I think definitely helped, um, you know, getting some extra cash uh, in the door to help them because obviously production was down and, and uh, you know, 2020 was just tough. So now we get into 2021 and uh, I think manufacturers for the most part are, are holding their own. Um, you know, we do our um, quarterly pulse surveys. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of a quick hitting um, survey that we send out to our manufacturers. We get about 150 to 200 respondents every quarter and and uh, one of the questions circles around optimism and, um, you know, our quarter two results uh, actually show more optimism, optimism than quarter one. So that's pretty, um, pretty encouraging that uh, our manufacturers are, are pretty optimistic. I think the thing that they're struggling with now mostly is people. Um, and it's really not just manufacturing. It's, it's all industries. It's pretty uh, remarkable that uh, any, any one that I talk to clients and manufacturing, even outside of manufacturing, uh, the number one thing they say is we need people. You know, I'd, I'd hire 10 people now if I could. I'd hire 20 people right now if I could. So um, it feels like manufacturers, for the most part, uh, have the work. Uh, now the challenge is just getting the people in the door to, uh, to get the work done. It sounds like from what you've mentioned, you said you feel like most manufacturers have kind of figured out how they can work right now. So what are some of those things that are popping up that they've had to adjust to and adapt to um, because of the pandemic? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there were a variety of things that I saw with, uh, with our clients, um, you know, whether it's staggering uh, shifts, so you don't have, uh, you know, everyone, you know, a full house at all times. Um, so, uh, you know, staggering the shifts, um, uh, you know, mask, obviously um, requiring masks uh, throughout the plant. And that's been kind of ongoing and, uh, you know, they require masks, then they, then they lift it and then maybe the area gets a little, um, uh, you know, the risk raises and so they bring the masks back in. But masks have been an effective way to keep people safe, I think. 
plexiglass. I think plexiglass manufacturers have had a pretty good year <laughs> the last year and a half, uh, you know, setting up workstations where, um, you know, people can be protected from their, uh, from their coworkers if they're working, you know, side by side. So, um, you know, maybe moving machinery around. So, you know, people right, aren't right on top of each other. So they've done a variety of things to, you know, to, to promote social distancing and, and, and those types of things to keep, keep people safe. And Jason, you mentioned people and that that's been kind of a big struggle right now as of recently. And of course, we're hearing some businesses that have started to require the vaccine for their employees and that maybe even some manufacturers are thinking of doing this. Uh, why do you think that some manufacturers might be encouraging their employees to get the vaccine versus others who might not even be mentioning it to their staff? Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, interesting question. Um, and I've, I've actually had this conversation with a couple clients, um, and I, you know, I think you know what I hear from them is it's, you know, the vaccination has become such a such a politicized um, uh, conversation. Um, you know, when the, when the pandemic started back at the beginning of 2020. You know, the, the talk was, you know, all we need is a vaccine and, and that'll, you know, get us through this. And there was all this emphasis on let's get the vaccine out, let's get the vaccine out. Now that it's now that it's here, it somehow has become so politicized and, and uh, so polarizing uh, where you have, you know, on one hand, you know, you know, people feel very strongly that everyone needs to get vaccinated. On the other hand, people that uh, don't feel the vaccination is is necessary or they just don't believe in it or, or whatever. So it's, it's very polarizing. I think, I think employers are hesitant to require it um, just because they, they are kind of hesitant to alienate uh, a, a portion of their workforce or, or to offend them. Um, you know, like I said, you know, people is, uh, you know, the workforce is such a, um, a struggle right now um, to get people in the door and to hire. And uh, I think they're just hesitant to, you know, put a vaccination mandate in place at risk of, of um, you know, offending maybe 10% of their workforce where they'll just leave and, and go to a place where they're not uh, required to get the vaccination. And then they're in an even worse shape from a workforce standpoint. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with just how polarizing the, uh, the discussion is and, and, um, and the risk of alienating some of their employees. Right. That definitely makes sense. Like they don't want to alienate the employees that they already do have when they're already struggling to find more workers. Exactly. And have you heard from your clients or others in the manufacturing industry how they're handling vaccinations when it comes to employees? And here I'm specifically thinking about, is there a niche within manufacturing like those who are really large or those who sell apparel who seem like, wow, that they're really, a lot of them are doing this when it comes to vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard, at least in our, in our client base, the clients that I work with, I haven't heard anything um, where clients are, um, you know, requiring proof of vaccination or anything like that. I think, you know, like I said, they're taking a pretty conservative route um, with that as, as far as, you know, I think they, you know, that they're um, encouraging the vaccination, but they're not really verifying who is vaccinated, who is not. Um, you know, I know, um, you know, a lot of employers, it's, um, you know, you're required to, to wear a mask if you're not vaccinated and, and really leaving it up to 
um, you know, trusting the employee that, you know, they will wear a mask if they're not vaccinated. And if they're not wearing a mask that they're vaccinated. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of trust that they're, that they're putting on the employee as far as um, the vaccination, but there's, for the most part, I, I noticed that they're not really, you know, asking um, and making them, you know, show proof. And there certainly, like you said, could be industries uh, where um, maybe they're a little more strict on that, but um, I haven't noticed it. And for those CPAs who are listening, who might have manufacturing clients as well, is there anything that you would offer them as far as advice in dealing with their manufacturing clients, especially now a year and a half into the pandemic? I'm curious if you're noticing unique struggles that other CPAs should know for their clients. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing you can do is just keep the uh, lines of communication open. Um, I mean, these are tough times for manufacturers and really for everyone. So, um, you know, we've just been stressing to, you know, make sure you're always, you know, staying in front of your clients and, and uh, checking in and, and, and seeing what they're struggling with and, and seeing if there's anything that you can either help directly with or point them in the, in the right direction on whatever uh, they need help with. Cause you know, they've got a lot on their plate and um, you know, we're supposed to be a, an advisor for them. So you're really just keeping the the lines of communication open with them, I think is, is key. And has there been anything that you have heard of other manufacturers doing, whether it's your clients or others, where you're thinking, hmm, that might not be the, the right direction to go into given the pandemic, or, or maybe that's a business decision that they should try to stay away from or avoid making? Yeah, honestly, nothing really comes to mind. Um, as far as things that they're doing that they might want to stay away from, uh, you know, kind of going back to our survey, um, this might not directly answer your question, but um, it was interesting to see that, you know, with everything going on, you know, 72% of our respondents um, plan to continue to keep spending on, on capital expenditures. Um, and I think that's uh, really interesting. I mean, you think about uh, the struggles that manufacturers are going through right now, uh, but they plan to keep spending on CapEx and why is that? And I think, uh, you know, one major reason is, you know, the PPP funding that they got really helped with with cash flow. Um, so a lot of manufacturers are probably sitting uh, in a pretty decent uh, cash position, much better than they would have if, if it weren't for the PPP loan. And then second, you know, dealing with this workforce uh, issue, you know, if it, if it continues, um, I think some of that investment in capital expenditures will go into, uh, you know, robotics or some sort of other automotive automation that um, will lessen the, the reliance on, on a workforce um, where they can still get their, their products manufactured and, and um, not be constrained by not being able to find people. Right. And it seems like you keep mentioning that the people issue is huge. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've been working, you know, manufacturing has been a, a focus of mine for probably the last 12 years of my career. And, and really, over those last 12 years, workforce has always been an issue. Um, I mean, it's always been a top three issue, uh, um, really, for the last 12 years. But, you know, pre-pandemic, it was mostly um, skilled labor. Uh, so, you know, looking for skilled machinists or skilled welders or you know, someone with a with a skill set that uh, is high in demand, and and um, and manufacturers are just always struggling to find those. But now, uh, you know, as we're in the pandemic, it's really all all across the board. I mean, it's even unskilled. Um, 
you know, when you have, uh, um, you know, McDonald's, you know, paying $15 an hour, you know, they all of a sudden have um, this competition for this unskilled labor force that they never had to deal with. So, um, uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a huge challenge. It's a, it's a, it's a new workforce challenge, uh, different than what it was uh, pre-pandemic, because it's kind of all across the board now. And have you heard from any of your clients their strategies for how they're going to figure this out, or is it continued just to be kind of an ongoing issue that they're going to have to deal with? Yeah, it's. I mean, they're. I mean, they're getting pretty creative um, in how to uh, attract talent. I mean, I think. Uh, uh, you know, I was talking to a, a manufacturer here in Northeast Ohio that um, you know, they're starting to work a lot more closely with high schools. Um, so, um, you know, identifying those uh, those kids that uh, maybe aren't interested in going to college and, and bringing them in uh, and, and uh, kind of like a part time setting uh, to kind of let them see what it would be like uh, a career in manufacturing and, you know, to try to get in at an early age. Um, you know, you still, uh, you know, a popular way is to, to do the um, temp to hire. Um, so temp agencies uh, right now, I'm sure, are, um, I think temp agencies right now are actually struggling to get uh, temps <laughs> signed on. But, uh, you know, it's been a popular method to, to bring in, you know, 10 temps and hoping that, uh, you know, four or five will, uh, will work out. Um, so, and then, you know, trying to get uh, creative with uh, benefits packages um, to make uh, make it enticing to come uh, uh, to their company, whether it be um, you know more vacation or or uh, something that's going to be kind of a hook to to get people to come on board, maybe signing bonuses. So, and what do you think of the future of the manufacturing industry in the next three to six months? I know we've talked a lot about everything that they've done during the pandemic and up until this point, but what do you think the future holds for the industry? I think the next three to six months are probably gonna be pretty similar to where we are now. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, another, uh, you know, big issue that um, we haven't really touched on is, you know, workforce is obviously one and, and the other is the the chip shortage in the, in the automotive industry. Um, I actually just read in the paper today that, uh, it sounds like GM is halting all uh, North American production and because of the chip shortage. Um, and I, in our second quarter pulse survey, over half or almost half of the respondents are, are um, impacted um, somehow by this chip shortage. So that just shows you how many, how many manufacturers out there have some sort of tie to automotive. So, um, you know, that chip shortage has caused a, a huge issue. So hopefully if they're able to get that straightened out in the next um, three to uh, three to six months that'll help turn things around as well but uh, you know like I said I, I think um, there's going to be some more capital expenditure investment because um, manufacturers have cash uh, probably um, focusing a little more on automation uh, or robotics to kind of help ease the ease the pain of not having the having the people and um, and uh, you know hopefully this chip shortage thing gets in the rearview mirror and that stops causing problems as well. Thank you to Jason for taking the time to speak with me more about how manufacturing is doing during the pandemic. What would you like to hear on the podcast? You can let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O at ohiocpa.com. And please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.